same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shined round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy that shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I want to share some insight with you today on this birth of this baby Jesus. The Bible says, and this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Father, thank you today for your word. I thank you for people that came into this room today to receive your word. And I ask your blessing on this time we're together. Let Christ be exalted and anoint us today, Father. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Jewish tradition, going back over 2,600 years before the birth of Christ, was to wrap their babies in swaddling clothes. Swaddling was really... The translation in three different languages is, is bandages. A baby was wrapped in 18 feet of bandages called swaddling clothes. That baby's arms, legs, and everything, even its head, was wrapped in swaddling clothes. That baby could only see through the eyes. It's the only place you could see that baby. And, and it really looked like a mummy if you looked at it. Those strips of cloth were about four to five inches wide. So they'd just wind that swaddling around that baby. Some of you have watched when nurses took babies in the nursery and they wrap them tight and you, you think they're being mean to you and they're telling you this is the way that they need to be because this is they've been in a tight environment and this way they won't scratch themselves and they're, they're bound up. Now here's the joy of swaddling clothes. When that baby had to go to the potty, you had to clean up swaddling clothes. Now, they didn't wear a diaper underneath that swaddling clothes. So every time that baby needed to go to the bathroom, that swaddling clothes had to come off. Now, I am told by commentary and told by my pastor friend here some things about swaddling clothes that I did not know. Swaddling clothes were put on children and it depended on, on the richness of their family as what they were wrapped in. Baby Jesus would have been wrapped in swaddling that was made from the same material that wicks were made for lamps. That would have been a common thing. 
So the sign to the, to the, to the shepherds coming from the field was not so much necessarily that swaddling clothes were used because swaddling clothes were used on all Jewish babies. But it would talk about how Jesus was so common to all of us. A king would not be born in a palace. He would be born in a stable and wrapped as a common Jewish baby was. Now, when we get into this, you're going to see this a little bit more. But also that wick being made or that, that swaddling being made from the material the wicks were made of would talk about Jesus being the light of the world. So these angels, nobody else hearing their conversation with this angel except these shepherds. And these other angels that are in the wings waiting to glorify Jesus, they're the only ones that heard this message. Now there's something very unique about the manger part of it. It was not normal for any child to be born in a manger, in a stable where straw was put in a, a trough, where animals had, had eaten, where animals had used the bathroom, where animals had been. And, and let me tell you this, I went into a home over in, over in Biloxi that supposedly General Robert E. Lee stayed in and they kept horses under the house. This has only been about 30 years ago. The, the hurricane came through and wiped that house out. But when you went under that house, you could still smell the horses. After all those years, you could smell the smell of those horses that stayed under that house. Here these angels came, and they came to bring the news that a Christ child was born to be the Savior of the world. Jesus did not, did not, uh, was not born to be a Savior. He was the Savior of the world. He was from the from the very, before the foundation of the world, Jesus was. Before anything else was, Jesus was. And so we go through this. I want you to watch some things with this story. And, and, and let's talk about who this child is. What makes this child so important to us today? And, and uh, what child is this is, is a question. I read a, a, a statement recently by C.S. Lewis. And, and this was... Three profound things that he said. He said there are three possible uh, reactions to Christ. You can, you can shut him up and call him a fool. You can spit at him and, and kill him as he was. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. Those are the three responses. Unfortunately, the Jews did not receive Jesus as the Messiah. They were looking for that earthly king, not a baby born certainly in the condition he was born in. But to this day, the society as a whole has rejected this Messiah. Not just the Jews, but even the Gentiles have rejected Jesus Christ. If you go anywhere in this city this morning, you'll find there are more people not in church than are in church. I read this, I heard this morning on television early that Donald Trump has a 53 percent uh, approval rating right now on the economy. Donald Trump has a better, uh, a better uh, following than Jesus Christ has because Jesus doesn't have 53% that think he's doing a good job on anything in life because they've not accepted him. They've not followed after the Lord Jesus. When you talk about what child is this, you, you know the, the poverty of Jesus 
would have been something that, that would have appealed to me because I would have thought he came to this earth as a human being. The Bible said he humbled himself. He humbled himself. He came from the greatest place of heaven to this earth, a place where there was no sin, no pain, no sorrow. He came here and experienced every sin, every temptation, every struggle that you and I could have. Jesus Christ had himself. And the Bible said he was tempted in every manner that we are. Last week we talked about the Holy Ghost coming upon Mary and, and placing Jesus in her womb with his seed. But the Son of God was not born into a great place. He was born into that very poor condition as a stable. Philippians chapter 2 is the verse that talks about he made himself of no reputation. The Bible said he took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So the condition of Jesus' birthplace was so humble and so low that this was given to the shepherds as a means of identifying who he was. Remember, verse 12 said, And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. We talked about what swaddling is. We talked about the traditions of 2,600 years before the birth of Christ. We can find out that men were, were using, uh, and ladies were using swaddling clothes on their babies if they were Jews. When I talked to you about uh, the swaddling clothes, I did not tell you that they would grind up myrtle leaves and, and sprinkle on that baby. They would also rub a light, soda, a light coat of salt on that baby. Every time that baby was changed, they had to do that process. It wasn't something that every mother, I'm sure, looked forward to do because in those days, the dad probably didn't change a lot of swaddling. I got a feeling mama did most of that. But, but something that intrigues me about this story is the fact that not only was swaddling clothes used, not only was he to be born in, in a Bethlehem in a manger, but the shepherds uh, of, the, of knowing the fact of the common birth of Jesus Christ, that he would make himself of no reputation, did not struggle, seem like. The Bible said they were afraid, but I don't think it was afraid because of the message. They were afraid because angels had appeared to them. And so even they could receive and accept so the sign that was given to the shepherds would have been that he was to be found in a manger, which again would show the, the lowly birth of Jesus. But it would not have been a common practice for a child to be put in a feed trough. The shepherds would have known how to identify Jesus from the humble and the, the low place of his birth. We look at the manger scene. It always amazes me. I sent this out on Facebook this morning. But it always amazes me. When we put up this angel scene, I kind of lose sight of these guys down here. Don't you? Maybe it's the way we got the lighting fixed. Maybe the light is more on the Lord Jesus. And, and maybe that's the reason that that part of the scene shows forth more in our, in our minds than the rest of it does. But isn't it really all about Jesus? Haven't we kind of lost something? We'll talk about probably on the 23rd. We'll talk, probably talk about the Christmas tree some and we'll... Have Santa Claus here. We'll talk about Santa Claus, how they all got into Christmas. I told you the other day that Christmas was no way that it was on the 25th of December. That was only started practicing the 300, B, or 300 uh, A.D. So it really wasn't a, a practice 
for over 300 years after Jesus was born that we even had what we call Christmas today. Christmas would have fallen sometime between April uh, and sometime before probably the first or second week of October because the shepherds would have been out in the field, not in the field on December 25th. So a lot of people got a lot of misunderstandings about Christmas. And when we celebrate Christmas this year, there will be a lot of people that will misunderstand all about that tree and all about those gifts under that tree. A lot of people will lose sight of their finances because a lot of us will go in debt at Christmas more than any other time. They tell me the retailers, uh, this is the biggest time of the year for them. They, they boom from Thanksgiving to Christmas to the end of the year. I'll tell you what, I worked in the retail market for a while. And, and when you come to, to the day after Christmas and you open your doors, we would give out more money that day than we could take in. We'd have to go to the bank before Christmas, stock up with money because people would bring gifts back after Christmas. So between then and the first of the year, it's kind of havoc. And that's when everybody's trying to clear their inventory out. You certainly don't want it to come back when you're trying to get rid of all that old junk that you've had all year. And it's time to have those big sales again. A lot of you will, will miss out because you shopped uh, in, in, in November and you should have waited until after Christmas because that's when all the big sales are going to be gone. So everything is based around the retail industry of the world or it's raced around what, or, uh, it's, it's around what we think about a Christmas trees and maybe even what we think about Santa Claus. And we lose sight of what Christmas is really all about. It's about a manger and it's about a baby that's born in that manger and put in swaddling clothes and laid in that manger in, in a stall. You know, to the Jews, when you ask the question, what child is this? They will tell you he can't be the son of God because he didn't come as an earthly king. When you ask a Christian, what child is this? Every blood-bought saint of God ought to say, without any doubt, this is the son of God. This is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus came from the, the glory of heaven to be born in a stable, to be placed in a dirty straw where cattle had, had used as a trough. And the Bible, when it says he made himself no reputation, he took upon himself the form of a servant. He was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So even in his birth... The plan that God the Father had was Jesus Christ not to just be a baby that's born in Bethlehem, but to be the Savior of the world, to come and to die for the sins of mankind and be nailed to a cross. That was His purpose in coming. If you look at that Christmas tree that Sister Karen got some help to put up out in that foyer, you'll see that cross behind that Christmas tree. There's a lot of, there's a lot of significance about Christmas that we miss out because we leave that cross out but when, when Paul wrote this in Philippians, he said even the death of the cross was, was the purpose of this baby being born in a manger. So the Son of God, the Lord of creation, was born in a stable. He lived his life in poverty. He was stripped naked. He was nailed to a cross. Why would the Son of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, go through such humiliation? Paul answers that for us. And Paul writes this to us. And he said, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Isn't it amazing how we get the riches of God? Let me ask you a question. When we talk about what child is this, how many of you feel rich this morning? 
Some of, you, some of you get the picture. How many of you feel rich in Jesus this morning? You see, I said to these folks that, that if you want a little job, we got a job. And I said to you that the, the, uh, the, the salary is out of this world. See what, what's waiting on us beyond the veil? You ever think about, you ever just sit down, are some of you old enough to start thinking about this thing of called eternity? Have you, ever, have you ever just sat down and thought about the glory of God? Listen, we live in a small city. We live in a very small community. You would be staggeringly amazed if you knew how many people in our community went to glory every year. You would just be dumbfounded. Some of you have no concept, no idea, because you see some of them in the paper. You see some of them on the signs of those, of those funeral homes. You see some of them because you talk to friends and neighbors. There are a lot of people come through the doors of a funeral home that never are advertised that they've gone to glory or they've gone into eternity in a place not glory. But listen, when I, when I start thinking about the insight that Paul had, you know, 50 years or whatever after Jesus Christ, he's writing to us. And he's telling us some very important things. And he's telling these things to the church at Corinth in the second letter he wrote to them. And he said he was born in the poverty that we might be rich. That's amazing to me how we, we read these scriptures. And we've been through this in, in, in studies and, and somehow we miss this. But when you ask the question, what child is this? John in chapter 1 and verse 1 gives us some great insight. He said, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In John chapter 1 and verse 10, the Bible said, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. Jesus created this world that we're in, yet when He was born of a baby, the world didn't know that He was the Creator and the Lord of glory. What child is this? You ever think about it? You ever think about what Jesus came... We can, we can spend our lives centered on that manger scene. But that manger scene was not even the beginning of Jesus Christ. And we forget that. We forget that when, when everything that you see was formed, Jesus was there forming it. He was there creating it. Living in the portals of heaven as, as the, the, the third person of that trinity... Jesus Christ, or second person at Trinity, Jesus Christ was here before creation ever began. Jesus came from heaven to this earth, but He didn't come the way that people expected Him to come. He did not come as a great king. He was a little baby. He was born in the lowest condition. What child is this? They laid Him in the straw in the midst of animals. He's not in the manger today. He's not on the cross today. Think about something with me. I know, I know that I, I, I offend some people with this sometime, and I'm sorry. But every time I see a cross with Jesus hanging on it as a crucifix, it disturbs me. You know, my Catholic friends, some of them, that, that is so powerful to them. When we did the cross scenes in 94 up on, on Triangle there between Main Street and, and, uh, and 85, we did a display out there. They tell us that over 50,000 people viewed that display of Jesus hanging on a cross. The Catholic friends of mine would come and they'd see Jesus hanging on that cross, a replica of Jesus hanging on that cross, and they'd weep and cry because it's so important to them and it's important to us. 
But it's important more to us that he's no longer hanging on that cross. It's finished. The price that Jesus paid for our sin debt is, is clear today. Friends, so when you talk about what child is this, don't lose insight of what the purpose in this child coming to this earth was. He was coming, he was coming here to redeem us from our sins and to make us in right standing with God our Father. You know something? When I think about Jesus today, I, I, I get sometimes I get mixed emotions about about what I say. And I wish I would have said something else when I get home and I start going back. And sometimes I listen to these messages and I think, why did you why did you say that? Or why didn't you say this? But I thought about something this week. When I think about Jesus, sometimes I, I just picture what he's doing today. You ever think about that? When, when I ask the question, what child is this? I get, a, I get a, 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 an insight into Jesus that, that I think is very vital to my salvation today and me being able to walk with the Lord Jesus the way I walk. He's at the right hand of God the Father interceding for us today. Amen. You, you see, I, I, don't, I don't just have a Savior. I don't just have a Savior that's born in Bethlehem. I don't just have a Savior that lived a spotless, clean life all for those 33 plus years here in this earth. I don't have a Savior that just hung on a cross and died for me. I don't just have a Savior that ascended back to God the Father. Even though He did all those things, that's not all I have. I still have a Savior that's interceding, that's taking care of me today before the Father and keeping me in a place in my life where I can call Him Jesus, Lord of Lord and King of Kings. So when I ask the question, what child is this? He's more than a baby in a manger in Bethlehem. He's more than all the Christmas traditions that we have about that manger scene. He's more than the Christmas tree. He's more than Santa Claus. He's more than all the retail outlets in the world. He's more than anything that we have in life. Jesus is more. Because see what happens to us if we're not careful is we lose sight of what child this is. When you, when you get a question asked you, what child is this? Some of you have different, different uh, mental impressions or, or insight or your mind's eye is different and you have a different interpretation of who Jesus is. I was in a home at Christmas time <clears throat> of a black lady and I found out that to her Jesus was black. She had a black Jesus. She had a black Santa Claus. And it was, it was funny to me because I had always seen white Jesuses and white Santa Clauses. It was funny. I started laughing. She was my friend. I started laughing. I never thought about people having different views of Jesus. But we do. All of us have different insights, different views. Some of you can read the same verse, verses of, of Luke chapter 2 and you get different insight. I sat in and talked to Pastor Brian this week. He gave me some insight that I didn't have. I went back to the computer and found a verifying thing. I even found folks that said that it proved that Jesus wasn't the Messiah because he had the commonality of all mankind. He was just born in swaddling clothes and that was proof. A college seminary professor saying that on Google that Jesus is not who he said he was. Imagine, imagine the people in that Bible college that are learning that about Jesus. 
their insight into Jesus is not maybe what your insight is. But the very important question that we all should be asking is what child is this? Is he the Savior of the world? Is he your Savior today? Christmas time, Christmas time, it's a time of gift giving. It's a time of, of sharing with others your blessings. But what about Christmas to us? See, I was really born in the time frame of Christmas. Oh, I wasn't born in the time frame of Christmas as a natural man, but I was born again during the time those shepherds would have been in the field. So Christmas to me begins first week in April. That's when I was saved. That's Christmas to me. I don't have to have 25th of December to celebrate. I will, but I don't have to have it to celebrate because I'm celebrating Christmas every day. Because I know who this child is. I embrace this child. This child embraced me over four centuries ago. I know four four decades ago. I'm not that old. Four decades ago. Lord Jesus, help me. I'm not that old. I'd be as old as you and Brother Butch. How's that old, Brother Green? Four decades ago, over four, almost four and a half decades ago. I met this Jesus. We embraced each other. And I'll tell you something. There's a lot of people come and embrace me. He's let me go. He's never let me go. If you don't know Jesus today, if you don't know this child, this is a good gift for Christmas for you to give to your family. To say, I know Jesus as my Savior. I want to bow with you. And I want all of you to bow. And I don't want you looking around. I know we're short this morning. I went through this quick. You're going to get out early, but that's okay. Who in this room would say, Pastor, I've let another year come and go, and I haven't made Jesus Lord of my life, and I would like for you to pray for me. I want to see your hand. Not one hand was raised. And if we're truthful and honest, that means that all of us know what this, this question is about what child is this. We've embraced Him. We know Him. I want you to stand with me. Bible says peace on earth goodwill to men scholars tell me that when Jesus came during his life those 33 and a half years there was really peace in this world there were no wars going on in those over 30 years because the prince of peace came to this world he's coming back to this world and he's coming back to get us take us out of this world Spend some time with Him in heaven and then come back. He's going to clean this world up. We're going to spend eternity with Him. It's not a bad deal if you think about it. Father, I pray today there's a heaviness on some of us 
There's not a peace. And I just pray a peace right now. Who in this room's got a troubled heart this morning? I want to see your hand. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray. Got a troubled heart this morning. Things are heavy on you. See those hands. I just breathe a, a peace from God to you today. But God, this morning, I pray let those that did acknowledge that there's trouble in their heart, they're concerned about others, concerned about themselves. Some may be concerned about their meals, about their health. Some may be concerned about their relationships. Some may have the memory of every Christmas of loved ones that have gone on. Some are lonely, some are hurting. And I just speak a peace morning into their lives. Holy Ghost, do a special work this Christmas season in our church family. As we embrace this child, it brought peace into this world. I ask you to let that peace overshadow our lives. I ask you for encouragement, God, and strength. Not only healing for our bodies, but healing of our minds and healing of our spirits. Some of us have waxed cold this year. The fire of God's not burning in our bones. We're discouraged, disappointed in others. We, some of us have been hurt this year deeply. And the scars are evident in our life. So this morning, Father, I ask you to just heal those ugly scars. Some of us need direction. We're just kind of stumbling through life. We try to hear your voice, but it seems like it's been blocked out. But I pray today, God, for a breakthrough in the lives of those that are hurting, those that are disappointed, those that are discouraged. I pray a breakthrough this morning, Jesus. That you would touch them today. Jesus. I feel in my heart that some of us need to come and, and just pray. And what, what I want to do this morning is a little different than what we normally do. If you want to come and join me. I'm sitting right in the middle on the third step. If you can step up these steps, I want you to come and just join me. If we fill up the third step, we'll just stand. 
I want you to just come right now. Just, just slip out from where you are and just come. Maybe you don't have a need this morning, but you'll just come and pray with us. I'm going to wait just a moment for some of you are coming. Just find a seat. Let's just sit down. When I do this, I just feel the very peace of God when I do this. Come on, we'll get, we'll get tight. We love one another. We don't mind getting tight. Can you get in there, Sister Lisa? If you can, if you can find a place there, just find a place. Take somebody's hand and let you reach back. Can you, can you get a hold of Mama too? Are we just holding on to one another this morning. We all good? Those of you that are out there, you just you just slip your hands this way and just pray for us. Father, we are so thankful for our church family. So important to us. And when one rejoices, we all rejoice. And when one hurts, we all hurt. I don't know all the needs of those that came this morning. Don't know if they even have a need. But I do know they're Jesus. And I know in your word you said that you would supply all of our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you today for just touching and meeting the need, God, of every person in this room, especially those that are up here with us, touching, cause a peace to overcome their home, their lives, their jobs. And I pray a miracle, God, for each one of them today. Bless their goings and their comings. We give you praise and glory for your healing power, your delivering power for us, and that you are a faithful God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name.